Hello, it's Alice here. I don't know why I felt the need to say that because if you listen to this podcast, you'll know it's always Alice here. But anyway, just wanted to say hi and have a quick chat with you before this week's episode begins. First of all, would love to say a massive thank you for tuning into this podcast and being a part of this community. If this is the first episode you've listened to, then thank you for tuning in first of all. But many of you come back listening every week and it just means genuinely so much. I feel like it sounds so cringy and it probably just sounds like I'm saying it for the sake of it. But honestly, when I see the numbers, but more so when I see your messages, see your tags, see where you're listening, see what you've taken from the episode, it just means so much. I adore hosting this podcast and I wouldn't do it. In fact, probably I would do it if no one listened because I really love it, but it makes it so worth it that you guys enjoy listening into these conversations slash what you're hearing today's episode, one of my rambles. So yeah, just wanted to say thank you first of all, especially because you might have realized the podcast has kind of leveled up over the last few months. We've shifted to more professional recording. We've got the video aspect now. And those of you that have noticed it, I mean, thank you because it's cost a lot of money and taken a lot of work. So thank you for appreciating this podcast. If you ever have, whether you've just tuned in once today for the first time, means so much. Welcome. Also wanted to say, hope you're all well. Might my sound really empty. I feel like there's a, a lot going on in the business space in the world right now, but I just wanted to acknowledge maybe all the different ways that we might be feeling right now. I feel like life for a lot of us feels incredibly full on. I've had the maddest few weeks of going to Israel with Forbes, moving house, moving all my office stuff. Like I'm recording this right now on Apple headphones because I just don't know where any of my podcast equipment is. So that sums up how I'm feeling. Um, But not all about me. I just hope you guys are doing all right. I'm going to do a chatty catch up episode within the next few weeks because I don't know about you, but as much as I love the episodes where it's like expertise, like today's episode or cool conversations like last week's, sometimes it's nice just to hear someone having a chat and feel like you're listening in with a friend. And yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of change going on in the online business space at the moment. Not all bad, but change can be challenging. So going to have a bit of a chat about that over the next few weeks, but I hope you're well amidst all of it. And then the actual thing that I wanted to say, I've just spent two minutes giving an Oscar thank you speech and saying that I hope you're well when it's not even a conversation, so I can't even hear your response back. Good one from me. Is that the next cohort of my group program, Strategy in a Month, is starting next week. If you don't know, I have spent the last six years teaching marketing strategy to small businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs. I'm really passionate, as you'll hear within today's episode, about taking marketing back to its simplistic form, making it as easy to access as possible, rooting it in theory so that it actually makes sense and really focusing on messy and curious implementation. Now, from all of the learning of those last six years and the thousands of people that I've supported that with, uh, I've built a program which is four weeks long, strategy in a month, see what I did there, which will walk you through the fundamentals of marketing strategy. So whether you've never made a strategy for your marketing before, or you've got one and you know that it maybe needs revisiting, perhaps you want to change up your platform, plan, perhaps your business has changed and you know your strategy needs to change as a result, strategy in a month is for you. So if you're ready to set some marketing goals, get clarity on your business, figure out your platform strategy, create your content pillars and figure out how the heck you want a content plan, make sure to go and check it out. Strategy in a month will help you show up for your business consistently, intentionally and confidently. So head to the show notes for the link or go to alicebenham.co.uk forward slash strategy in a month to find out more and save your space. We start next week and doors close at the end of this one. So move quick. And if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to give me a shout. It's really important that those who are in the program feel like it's a right fit for them. So feel free to pop me an email or a DM.
Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 190 of Starting the Conversation. My name is Alice Benham. I'm your host. And today I'm going to be talking about how to get your first clients. Now, this is something that I have been asked to talk about on this podcast so many times. I recently asked on Instagram, what do you want to hear on this podcast that could help you? And 17 of you said this exact topic. How do I get my first clients? If you're a keen listener of this podcast, you'll know that I mentioned this topic within the recent Q&A episode. I did a few weeks back. And when I said within that segment of the episode, hey, would you like a full episode on this? So many of you said, yes, absolutely. Please share more. So that's exactly what this episode is going to be. I've reflected on the last six years that I have spent getting my own clients and doing a lot of one-to-one client work. I've also been thinking about what I've noticed has worked a lot for my own client, because of course, a lot of my work is helping other people to get their first and their continuing clients on board. And I'm going to share within this episode five things that I think can really help you to not only get your first client, but continue to get clients. What I've noticed, not just in my journey with getting clients onboarded, but in other business owners journeys that I've witnessed as well, is that the things that help you to get your first clients are going to be the things that are going to help you to continually get clients after that point. It's not like there's one strategy to get your first client and then the ongoing strategy looks wildly different. Sure, you'll probably notice that your strategy evolves over time and it might look a little bit different. But for me, these five things that I'm going to share in this episode today are things that I continue to value, continue to prioritize and continue to do within my business six years on. I have been officially fully booked with clients for a good few years now. And these aren't things that I did just to get my first client and then completely drop. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh, I've already had my first client, but oh, maybe I'm struggling to get my second client or maybe I'm struggling to keep booking my clients or maybe I just want a reminder of the basics to make sure that I continue booking myself out with clients. This is also an episode for you. And I really hope you can take something from this episode, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's a tip or whether it's just a needed reminder that's going to help you to keep moving forwards in your business in the most intentional way possible. Now, something I want to say before I share with you these five things is to take the pressure off a little bit if you are in that position of not yet having your first client. I remember being in your shoes six years ago, especially when I relaunched my business after burning out and I had a complete clean slate. I put so much pressure on myself to get that first client. I was so obsessed with that end result. And I've noticed in business, when we are obsessed with an end result, we often get incredibly stuck. I find it far more valuable to not focus on an end result, but to focus on the action that is gonna get us there. A lot of the time, when we over-focus on an end result that we don't yet have, in this context, it's having your first client, that's often all you can think about. You'll just every day wake up in the morning and think, oh, still haven't got that end thing, still haven't got my first client, looks like I'm still a failure today. And I just don't know that that's very helpful for us. I'm not saying lose focus on the thing that you want, because of course you've got to get your first client to get your 50th client. But what I am saying is on a day-to-day basis, try to focus more on the actions that are going to lead you to that first client rather than the result of getting that first client. Because let me tell you, if you pin all of your 
our hopes and dreams on that first client and you go, oh, once I've got my first client, I'm just going to feel so confident and everything's going to feel better and different, then you're going to feel sorely disappointed once that thing happens. Now, I'm not saying it isn't a joyous moment. I clearly remember in both contexts of how I build my business, which if you're not familiar, I started my business at 17, took a bit of a break due to burnout, started again. So I almost had two first clients. Both of those moments were really joyful. They were exciting. They were proof that what I was building was possible. It it did feel like a real positive moment in terms of evidence, but it didn't solve all my problems. It didn't immediately make me more confident. It didn't immediately make running a business a lot easier. In fact, it actually made running a business harder because I no longer needed to just focus on getting clients, but I also needed to focus on serving the clients I already had whilst trying to get more clients. I was not just worrying then about getting people into the business, but I was worrying about keeping them in the business. So if you're in that position of thinking, oh, I just want and need my first client and I'm really focused on that result, I know it's easier said than done, but try as much as you can just to relax a little bit. By focusing more on the action that is going to lead to that result, you are not only going to likely get that result quicker because, hello, it's action that actually leads to change, but also you are going to feel so much more in control in the process. You are capable of getting your first client. What's going to get you that first client is the action that you put in. So take responsibility for that and think not how do I get that result, but how do I keep taking consistent action, which is going to lead me to that result? Let action be your daily focus and the way you measure your success, because it's not only, like I said, going to get you that result quicker, but it's also going to make the process so much nicer for you as you're getting towards that end result. So speaking of the action, let me start with the first thing that I notice helps you to get your first client, which is having a really clear mission. Now, something I was considering doing with this episode is sharing like, here's a checklist for starting out in business. You know, here's all of the things that you need in order to be ready. But the more that I thought about that episode, the more I realized that wasn't an episode that I could create because there's no magic checklist that decides that you are ready enough to get started with your business. In fact, I know for my story and for many other business owners that I've come across, you don't feel 100% ready. You don't necessarily have everything in place before you get your first client. I got my first client back when I was age 17, six years ago, before I even had a website. I hadn't even incorporated my business yet. I didn't even have an email address to send stuff from. On paper, I wasn't ready. I didn't have all of the formal stuff in place. Now, would I say if you've got the time to get all the formal stuff in place, do it? Absolutely. But that isn't the essential thing thing that you need to be ready and get your first client. What I believe is an essential thing you need, however, is a clear mission. And when I say a clear mission, what I mean is a very clear idea. And I am actually going to take away the word very there. Not very, because I think that can feel like the bar is very high. A somewhat clear idea of what your business is on a mission to do. Who are the clients that you're looking to reach? What work are you looking to do with those clients? And what is the impact of that work? Those are three areas I'd encourage you to get really clear in. Who do you have? help? What do you help them with? That's your services. That's what you actually do with your clients. And what is the impact of that? What transformation does that facilitate? What's in it for them? What's their why? If you can understand those three things, and if you can explain those three things to other people in language that they will understand, you have got everything that you need in order to start working towards getting your first client. If you do not clearly understand the mission that your business is on, then no one else is going to be able to pay you. Because if people don't get it, they can't 
buy it. So sure, there might be other practical things that you want or you're able to have in place in order to get that first client. But I would say the one essential thing to start with is that clear mission. And if you don't know what your mission is, that's where you need to begin. Because you can do all of the marketing in the world. You can do all of the networking in the world. You can do all of the putting yourself out there and all of the pitching for work. But if you can't clearly explain what you do, and if that doesn't feel clear to you, it's never going to feel clear to others. And if they can't understand the value of your work, then why are they going to pay you for that work? Now, the reason earlier, if you'll remember, I took away the word very before clear is because I believe the more we take action, the more we get clarity. So you'll likely feel that you could be clearer. It might feel a little bit vague. You might have some question marks and think, "Mm, these are kind of assumptions. I don't know that this is as crystal clear as it could be, or maybe it doesn't sound as punchy as other people's missions. That's okay. Gather as much clarity as you can and then roll with that. Every single day that I work with clients, every single conversation I have with people in business, I get clearer on my mission. Clarity I had on day one was enough for day one and it has evolved and increased over time. So first thing I'd encourage you to do, and this is something that I think at every stage of business we should keep coming back to, is having real clarity on your mission. And what I really mean by that is the value of what you do. Clear value is fundamental to people not just knowing what you do, but wanting what you do. Which leads me really nicely onto the second thing that can really help you get your first clients. And again, it helps you get all the clients after that point too, is to be good at what you do. I know that might sound really vague and you might be like, oh, obvious tip, Alice. But what I really mean by this is to hone in on the value that you provide to the people that you work with. When you are a service-based business, word of mouth is gold. And if we dig a little bit deeper, well, what is word of mouth? Word of mouth is people shouting about a great experience that they had. So if we really think about it, okay, if word of mouth is going to be the best way to grow once my business gets up and running, great. What do I need to focus on? The experience that I give to my clients. One of the biggest fears I have for businesses that are starting now that are seeing all these conversations going around of like, have amazing branding, have great marketing, you know, make the externals really shiny, is that we are creating businesses that externally look great, but internally don't have much going on. I would way rather my business look a little bit iffy externally or perhaps just good enough externally, but internally deliver an incredible value and incredible experience. What I mean by being good at what you do is really focusing on how you can improve the value that you provide. Of course, the more that you practice, the better you're going to get at giving value to your clients. So at the start, what this could look like is doing some work for free, which we're going to talk about in a second. Now, this is focusing a lot on your client experience and the way that you treat people as they work through your business. This is making sure that as you're training in the work that you're doing, that you're getting feedback. You have a really tight feedback loop so that you can really hone in on what it is that you do. That is the like central piece of getting a client is actually just being good at what you do. And I know that might sound really simple. And I know it feels like there's kind of so many other things that we really need to consider. But when you really boil it down. That's what it comes back to is you've got to be good at what you do. And you haven't just got to be good at what you do, but you've got to believe you're good at what you do. If you do not back yourself, how in the world is anyone else going to want to back you? And what I mean by that is if you don't believe that what you offer is a value and you don't believe you're good at what you do, why would other people believe it? 
Self-belief is infectious. Confidence is infectious. Now, what I'm not saying is have like unshakable self-belief. You know, I don't wake up in the morning and think like, I am the best business and marketing strategist ever. And I'm just the best at like, I'm not talking about arrogance here. I'm not talking about never having any self-doubt. I think actually, you know, a little bit of self-doubt and fear is helpful because it keeps us improving. It keeps us on top of our game. Talked already, having a tight feedback loop, listening to that. I'm not talking about that approach. I'm just talking about really believing, even if there's a little voice in you alongside the voice that believes in yourself that maybe doesn't, but really believing, hey, I am good at what I do. Because if you believe you're good at what you do, if you can see the value in your work, you're going to help other people to see that as well. And the beautiful thing about getting your first client is that once they have an amazing experience with you, then they are going to want to share that with others. Getting your first client is an amazing moment because it's the start of the momentum building. It took me in the second phase of my business, I think nine months to get my first paying client. But past that point, I think it only took me another six months to be fully booked with clients. And that's because it's the building of momentum. When you are really good at what you do and you provide a great value and a great client experience and you're always looking for ways to learn and to improve your work, once people work with you, it's going to have that snowball effect because they'll share it with others. So that's the second thing I'd encourage you to think about, being really good at what you do. And the third thing, which links with this really nicely and I've already touched on it, is considering doing some work for free. Now, this is something that I know can have some big opinions from people around. You know, some people will say never work for free. And you know what? I totally respect that perspective. I'm not saying you have to work for free to get your first client or you have to work for free to grow your business. But what I do know is that especially from my direct experience, working for free has been incredibly valuable in the early days and has really helped me to get those first few clients. When you do some work for free, so many different things happen. First of all, you get better at what you do. You know, jumping back to the point that I just talked about, the more you do your thing, the better at your thing you get. So doing some work for free can be a really valuable training ground to really figure out, hey, what is the best way to present this work? What is the best way to deliver this service? By doing some work for free and asking for feedback, that's a really important piece. Don't just ask for a shiny testimonial, actually ask for constructive feedback too. You are gonna improve your service. You're gonna improve the value that you give. You're also, when you work for free, gonna improve your confidence. If what you're doing feels like a bit of a stretch, maybe it's a skill set or something that you've done before, but maybe you've never done it in the context of this service or in the context of your own business, sure, it's likely going to feel a little bit new and a little bit scary. If you can do some work for free, and when I say work for free, that could also mean just discounted work. Guess what I'm saying here is just like do some easy work that you're not necessarily being paid a ton for that you don't have to convince people to want to do with you. You are going to increase your confidence because you're going to give yourself a chance to really kind of get to know the way that you help your clients. No, for me, the more I deliver client work, the better I get at client work because it's a muscle. So doing work for free, I think really helps with that internal confidence and also internal clarity because the more you work with people, the clearer you get on who you want to work with and the impact of that work, that mission we're talking about at the start. And I think as well, the big thing that doing work for free helps with is it helps to get your name out there. If nobody knows what you do, or at least nobody knows what you do, who's in a relevant space, you know, it's all well and good, your mum and dad and your boyfriend knowing what you do. But if people who are your ideal clients do not know you and what you do, working for free, 
as long as it's with people that are a right fit, can be a really valuable tool. Some of the people I continue to work with today are people that I did free work with five years ago. And that free work that I did with them five years ago has not only led to them becoming an ongoing client, but it's led to them recommending me to so many other of the clients that I've got. As I said, when people experience the value of what you do and you provide a great experience, they're going to want to shout about it. So if you can get more people experiencing what you do, more people are going to be shouting about your work. You're more likely to get that first client and you know, the ongoing clients as well. Now I understand where the hesitation with doing some work for free comes from because we think, oh gosh, if I do work for free, then how am I gonna get other people to pay if they're always just gonna expect it for free? Well, my encouragement here is to do work for free, but in a structured way. The way I did this at the very start is I decided that I was gonna do a giveaway around International Women's Day and I was gonna offer a load of free work to different business owners in celebration of International Women's Day. I wanted to do something to give back and I was also looking for a bit of a training ground. I wanted to work with some clients. I wanted to get some testimonials and feedback. I wanted to get my name out there and network. So I thought, great, this is all of the things that I want combined. Let's give away some free work. And what worked so well about that giveaway is it was contained. I wasn't saying, yeah, I'll work for free for anyone at any time forever. I was saying, no, I'm going to work for free in a very structured way. I'm going to take on this many people. And you're going to have to apply. And after this giveaway, I'm not working with other people for free. That is a giveaway that I continue to do every single year. I've just done it for the fourth time. Now I don't do it anymore to help me get clients because I'm fully booked and I don't need it to help me for that. But that's where that idea first started because I wanted to do some free work because I could see the value in it. So providing that you have the time to give to doing some free or just discounted work, I'd really encourage you to consider it. Like I said, it's a great training ground. It's a great testing method. You know, if you've never used your tools and systems, probably not great to use them for the first time with a paying client. Maybe good to get some people through your business that you can really try all that client experience and that management with. So that's the third thing that I would encourage you to think about doing to help you get your first client or if you're more established in your business and perhaps you're looking for a bit of a boost or you're trying something new, you're moving in a new direction, you're working in a different way. I think free work can still be incredibly beneficial if, as I said, it's done in a structured way. Now, something that I mentioned free work can really help lead you to is building your network and building your community. And that is the fourth thing that is gonna help you to get your first clients. In order for people to work with you, they've got to actually know who you are. I know that might sound really obvious, but I see it a lot where we're just sat back, we've got a website live, we've got a LinkedIn profile made and we're like, cool, come on clients, here you are, come on, come and find me. I don't know, sometimes that might work. Maybe you've got amazing SEO, maybe a lot of people are searching for your profile on LinkedIn for the keywords that you're using, so you'll come up. That might work for you. Let's think about what I said at the start of this episode. Let's be responsible. Let's put ourselves in the driver's seat of our businesses and not wait for that community and network to come to us, but to build it ourselves. Figure out the spaces that your ideal client is going to be in and get yourself in those spaces. Find online communities, find networking opportunities, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to make the first move. I know it can feel a bit icky, but I genuinely believe if we go into everything with authentic intentions and genuinely go into it with an interest for the people we're gonna meet and connect with, it is not an icky thing to do and it can be incredibly valuable for your business. I hate the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Part of the reason I hate it is because it is somewhat true. 
I hate it because it's entrenched in privilege. It annoys me that I got my first client back when I was 17 years old because of someone that my dad knew. Now, my dad is not in any way a kind of affluent or wealthy man, but he knew someone that ran a charity. And that man who ran a charity gave me my first freelance contract. Now, I'm not saying it was handed to me on a plate, but there was an element of not what I knew, but actually who I knew, which helped me with that. Now, I am interested in thinking, right, how can we change that narrative? You know, how can we stop gatekeeping industries by all being about the network that you know? But, you know, alongside that, I also think, well, how can we kind of play that game a little bit? If it is a little bit about who you know, how can you get knowing people? I mean, that made no sense, but you get what I mean. How can you get to know people? That's what I meant to say. Like I said, figure out where your people are hanging out and get yourself in those spaces. Starting this podcast for me, one of the best ways to build my network. A lot of the people that have come on this podcast are people who have ended up as clients and this was their first touch point with my business. Quite a time consuming and expensive way to build your network, I will say, but just an example there of being proactive in building your network. And the biggest thing I'd say here is be kind, be a good person. I genuinely think kindness is one of the most underrated traits in business. For me, my biggest strategy to grow my business and grow my network is to be a good human. Don't be a dick. (laughs) Just be nice to the people that you come across. Have good intentions. Look for ways that you can help others. Look for ways that you can make someone's day brighter because people are going to remember how you made them feel. And if you build genuine relationships with people, they're going to be way more likely to not only remember you if they maybe need to work with someone who sells what you sell, but also to mention your name in a room full of opportunities or to think of you when someone else says that they're looking for someone who offers whatever it is that you offer. So that's the fourth thing I'd encourage you to think about. How can you build your network or community and how can you do it in a kind and authentic way? And the fifth and final thing I'd encourage you to do to get your first clients is to give value out to people before you ask for anything back. I feel like this is most relevant when it comes to marketing yourself online. You know, if you are showing up, let me pick a platform, for example, on Instagram. What other platform was I going to pick? Let's be honest. If you're showing up on Instagram to try and sell your services and you are, I mean, let me just use the example of what I do. You are working as a business and marketing strategist. If every single one of your posts is saying, hey, work with me, I'm a business and marketing strategist, here are the benefits, here's how it works, here's my availability, here's my pricing, nobody's going to want to follow you. You're asking something of your audience before you've given anything to them. I really believe in marketing. The more that we serve before we sell, the more impactful and authentic our marketing can feel on both sides. So when you're showing up online, you you know, you've got your clear mission, you know the people that you want to help. Of course, you've got to ask and you've got to invite people to work with you in order for them to take action. But don't let that be your primary thing you're doing. Give value to people before you expect anything back from them, especially when you're in a saturated space. People are looking to understand, well, what is it different that you bring? What is your expertise? What is your perspective? If you're keeping all of that value behind closed doors and you're like, I don't want to give it away for free because then people won't pay me. Well, yeah, no one's going to pay you because you're not giving any of it away. People don't understand the value that you provide. You could argue, hey, Alice, why are you sharing five things that are going to help me get my first client when actually maybe I could just book like a half day session and you'll share those things with me then? Well, I believe that if I share value via my online presence, more people are going to work with me because that value not only draws them in, but it helps 
helps them to build a relationship with me. It helps them understand what I do. It helps them see the benefits in what I do. And then it makes them so much more likely to choose me when they're looking for support. I truly believe the more value we give out, the more value we're going to receive back. And obviously in this context, the value that we're talking about is people wanting to work with us and being our clients. So that's the final thing I'd encourage you to think about is to give value before you ask. And although I actually said that was the final thing, there is something that I want to leave you with here because I know what I've talked through in this episode is a lot of the practical stuff. You know, have a clear mission, be good at what you do, do some work for free, build your network and community with kindness, give value before you ask back. They're all very actionable things. And what I'd encourage you with as you take these actions is to be patient. I see it a lot. You know, we do these things once or we do them for a week and it doesn't work and we're like, ah, that's it. I'm giving up. Good things often take time. Now, I'm not saying it has to take this long for you. It might take shorter. It might take longer. But as I said, the second time I started my business, it took me nine months to get an ideal client to pay me. Nine months. That was nine months of doing these things. Nine months of showing up. Nine months of giving value. Nine months of honing in on my work. Nine months of building my community. And those nine months, I won't lie to you, had their tough moment. Very open about the fact that there was a moment just before I got that first client where I thought, oh, she's going to give up. Not getting traction. What's the point? But it takes time. And as I talked about at the start of this episode, you might even have your first client and you're looking for your next. Hey, that might take a bit of time as well. As I talked about, the beauty of this is that as you begin to get more clients, momentum builds. So be kind to yourself in this season that you're in. As much as you might really, really want that result of your first client, try as much as you can. Focus on the action that you can take and let it just happen. I always think in business, like the timeline is already written for us. So we may as well just relax and let it happen. Now, what I'm not saying is sit back and just wait for a client to come to you. Hopefully you've realized by this episode, there's a lot of practical things we should be doing to help those first clients come to us. But what I am saying is just chill it out a little bit. Be nice to yourself, be patient, and don't expect overnight results. You might get a quick result of your first client. And then you might be waiting months to get your second client. There's no recipe. There's no perfect timeline. So just relax a little bit, be patient with yourself and trust yourself in the process. I think that's what's really built in the early days of business when you're trying to get your first client is resilience and self-trust because you don't have the evidence yet. And you just have to keep trusting that you're capable, trusting that this business idea that you've got is going to work out. And I actually think that's a really valuable muscle to build is self-trust. Because the more you can trust yourself, the better you're going to be at taking risks, putting yourself out there and growing your business over time. So that is it for this episode. I'm really hoping you can take one thing from this that is going to help you to move forwards. Perhaps one of those tips or one of those encouragements that I've shared has particularly resonated and you can leave this episode and just start actioning that in your everyday. I'd really love to know what that thing is that you've taken from this episode and, and what you reckon about what I've shared. Sadly, it is not a three steps to getting your first client perfect recipe. But as I said, these are things that I've noticed haven't just helped me, but helped hundreds of clients and students that I've worked with and are things that, again, as I said, don't just help you at the start, but help you as you continue to get clients even after that first one comes through the door. So let me know over on Instagram or on LinkedIn what you thought of this episode. Make sure to subscribe so that you can listen out for future episodes like this. There'll be a conversation in your ears next Tuesday. So I will chat to you then. But in the meantime, keep showing up, keep trusting yourself and 
let me know when you get your first client because I will be cheering you on big time. <laughs>